Ray with Discover It Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about a, a word and a concept called pre-contemplation, and this word is a part of a trans-theoretical model um, about the stages of change. I'm going to just read a brief description to give you some background of where this concept has come from, then I'm going to give you the explanation of the term, and then I'm going to speak a little bit about how I've experienced this and what I've learned about these stages and how they apply to making a change in one's behavior. So the trans-theoretical model, also called the stages of change model, developed by Prochaska and Declamente, I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, but in the late 1970s, they created this model, and it evolved through studies examining the experiences of smokers who quit on their own with those requiring further treatment to understand why some people were capable of quitting on their own. And it was determined that people quit smoking if they're ready to do so. Thus, the trans-theoretical model focuses on the decision-making of the individual and is a model of intentional change. The TTM, short for trans-theoretical model, operates on the assumption that people do not change behaviors quickly and decisively. Rather, change in behavior, especially habitual behavior, occurs continuously through a cyclical process. The TTM is not a theory but a model. Different or different behavioral theories and constructs can be applied to various stages of the model where they may be most effective. The TTM posits that individuals move through six stages of change, pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, maintenance, and termination. Termination was not a part of the original model and is less often used in application of stages of change for health-related behaviors. For each stage of change, different intervention strategies are most effective at moving the person to the next stage of change and subsequently through the model to maintenance uh, and the ideal stage of behavior. So the pre-contemplation stage is the very first stage of this model. And in this stage, people do not intend to take action in the foreseeable future, uh, which is defined by this model as within the next six months. People are often aware that their behavior is problematic or produces negative consequences. People in this stage often underestimate the pros of changing behavior and place too much emphasis on the cons of changing that behavior. So, what I've learned and experienced with the pre-contemplation phase uh, with myself, it's a little bit harder to to detect in ourselves because obviously that's the stage in which we're unaware. So it's kind of hard to put a finger uh, on something when we're unaware of it, but it's the stage in creating a change in your behavior where you're not yet, uh, obviously this exists, outside of our awareness. So the, the, once we become aware of making a change and setting the attention to do so, this stage lies just outside of that, just before uh, coming into an awareness 
and making the decision to, to actually change your behavior. But during that phase, you'll notice more so when you're working with other people to create a change. Because a lot of times you can see from the outside looking in better what they're going through, especially if you're, you're seeing similarities in other people who are going through a similar challenge and you're able to pinpoint what the root of their, their, their problem may be, a lot of times working with that person, you have to um, be aware yourself that they may be in the pre-contemplation stage and that they're not yet aware the root of their, of their, uh, the problem or the challenge that they're, they're facing. A lot of times we think, at least from my experience, that we can explain to a person what we're seeing and what we believe may be solutions to what they're going through. We may pinpoint what we believe to be the problem from our experience. We can break it down. We can go into depth. But a lot of, a lot of times this does not immediately or initially bring the person out of that pre-contemplation phase. And that's something that I struggled with for a while when working with people and even in personal relationships where you see something that's going on, especially if you've done a lot of personal growth and development yourself, it's easy to see some of these patterns in other people. And if you, if you're like me and like other people, you know, you want to help. So sometimes we'll rush in there to break this thing down and try to explain to that person what we're seeing and to uh, express to that person what we've gone through and our experience and try to get them to see those patterns for themselves so that once they become aware, they can start uh, the contemplation phase and the preparation phase and so on and so forth. Uh, so on and so forth. You've got to go through these three phases before you can actually take action. So, of course, if you're wanting to help somebody, you're wanting to get them to that the, the stage where they can actually make a change in their behavior and correct the problem that they're going through that's causing them stress or pain or depression or frustration. But what I've experienced with the pre-contemplation phase is that it's a lot, a lot of times it's a lot more difficult uh, than we are aware of for that person to come to an understanding or to an awareness of what we're trying to express in that situation of, you know, the image that we're trying to paint for that person. A lot of times they can even repeat the things that you're, you know, as you're explaining them, or they may seem to agree from time to time that, oh, okay, I know what you mean, and uh, I can see where you're, you know, pointing at with this area of my life or that area. But a lot of times, especially dealing with it, it will rush in there to create another denial pattern or another uh, stachoma where we're seeing something but not quite making the connection to the root of our problem within us. So in, in those phases, and sometimes um, 
at least from my experience, I could say through through frustration, you know, and my own uh, ignorance of this concept, that, you know, sometimes we, we all have that one person that we're trying to get through to or we're trying to uh, move forward with or to reach an understanding, not realizing that the pre-contemplation phase is very, very powerful and that it is very powerful. And I think sometimes we give ourselves uh, too much or we take too much responsibility for expressing these things to another person, not realizing that the awareness, then becoming aware of the problem is, is more of a process. And a lot of times it's something that they have to work through as an individual um, and which, which is the best position we could be in of support to that person is to help them find their way through it themselves. But by simply presenting it to them doesn't always make them aware like you would think, you know, you, you think, well, I just spelled it out there as best as I could. And I spent a whole hour doing it. They, 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 they couldn't possibly still be unaware of it, but that's just how powerful it is. And when he's, or when it's taken such control of our lives and our mind, it's very creative. And there's, there's uh, no end to, the ways that it can switch thoughts up in our mind and distract us from getting to the root of the problem. Because once we get to the root of the problem, we can start progress. We can start actually moving towards a uh, solution to this problem. So if any, this is the same with any enemy or any adversity or struggle uh, like I, I always say, you can't fight an enemy that you can't see. You know, if you were in a pitch dark room, in addition to being blindfolded, and you had to uh, defeat an enemy that had night vision goggles on, your, your chances are very slim to uh, having make, made any progress, you know, in that situation, let alone to uh, come out a, a survivor or to, to win that, uh, that challenge. So that just points to how powerful that first phase is of becoming aware of the issue or the problem or the, the root of that problem. So sometimes challenges in our life can take all different forms. And we also have the stories that we tell ourselves about that problem and what it means, but that doesn't always mean that it's the truth and that it's the actual source of what's causing us the the uh, the problem in our life. So it's very key to get through that pre-contemplation phase, and we've talked about it in the past on other uh, podcast episodes about finding that awareness and about opening your mind to self-development and to looking within because prior to that, it keeps us in a state where we are very reluctant to even look for a root cause. And I think that's where most people fit 
is we don't think that there is a problem, you know, or even worse, we think that the problem is someone else's fault or something else's fault. And even if that someone or something else may have contributed to the state that we're in, oftentimes the way that you're going to solve that that challenge and move forward is within you. Okay, so somebody else may have contributed to uh, negative conditioning in your childhood. They, you, could have, you could have been abused. You could have been fed all types of uh, negative affirmations and programming through the way that your parents communicated with you through uh, environment, school, and all these things. But one thing is for sure, we're not going to go into the past and we're not going to do anything about what had already happened. The only way that we can take control of our lives moving forward is to get to the root of what behaviors we're now imitating or reconstructing or acting out in our lives that's leading to the state that we, we can, we're uh, trapped. We tend to be, in a way, trapped in that mind state. So a lot of environmental stimulus and uh, conditioning, childhood, parenting, things like that can lead to the states that we're in. They help to shape us as who we are. But in order to change those behaviors and to create a new life life for ourselves, we have to look within and find the root of the behaviors that we are continuing to act on in order to untangle that mess that we find ourselves in. Um, so that's my experience with the pre-contemplation phase in the stages of change model. And, you know, as we said before, and I will always say that an open mind um, is one of the biggest catalysts to making a lasting change. It's because once you adopt an open mind, once you adopt a uh, full responsibility and power over change in your life, then it becomes a way of life. It becomes a way of thinking where if there's something I want to change in my life, I have to go within. I have to find out what's working and what's not, where the root of my my problem lies, and then I have to take proactive measures to change that behavior towards something that's going to bring me better results. If you... Uh, if you don't have that open mind and if you don't have that sense of full responsibility and power over your future, then you're, then you're in a losing battle right from the jump because you're placing so much power in the hands of other people and other circumstances and environment, uh, government, society to bring you the outcome that you're looking for. Um, so from that place, believing that you have full power and control over your destiny and that you're keeping an open mind, 
when you're looking within, when you're look, when you're, it's almost like becoming a, an, uh, an investigator and always having that your eye out for how you're reacting to situations, how you're feeling, where those feelings might be stemming from. How did we become this way? What things um, are predetermining factors in our past could have led to our thinking and feeling in the ways that we are currently uh, behaving? Because that's going to give you a lot. That's going to give you the upper hand. It's going to give you a head start when it comes to these things. I, I always um, advocate and express the power of having a mentor in your life. But I think these things proceed or they go hand in hand with having somebody willing to assist you in working through your challenges or recreating your life or um, transforming your behavior. Because if you're not open-minded and you have a wall, uh, you have a wall up, a defense mechanism, and you don't want to, you don't want to consider these things. You don't, you're so uh, sold on the fact that someone else and something else puts you into this position, you're, it, it puts a lot of, uh, it puts a lot of stress and responsibility on your mentor or on anyone else that's in your life who's acting as a mentor or trying to help you through your situation to, to change your life, to change your mind. That person has to, uh, fight through your defense mechanisms. They have to, um, in which nobody can, there's no button for it. You know, if you're not willing to, to look at what the issue is, nobody can force you to do that. So you're putting a, a level of responsibility on someone else. The same way we, we tend to find ourselves in these situations to begin with, because we're putting responsibility on everyone else or, or the blame on everyone else for how we got here. And then we put the responsibility on everyone else to change it. And we can see why this is a, a ineffective way to make progress in our lives. So having an open mind and taking full responsibility and belief that you have the power to make change in your life, that to me guys is the key to getting through the, the pre-contemplation phase and it's something being aware of the pre-contemplation phase in and of itself is a is a a great achievement because it gives us a place to start you know and at, if someone was on a call a week or two ago and was expressing that that's a lot of her struggle it, it's too, you know, and a lot of us, it's where to start. You know, a lot of us, we, we have no idea if we even consider that we have the power to change moving forward. A lot of times it's still a mystery to us how we even got in this position to start with. And whenever you, you know, I think the, the wish to make it different precedes the willingness and the ability to look within, especially all the, you know, painful and traumatic experiences that may be deep down inside that we've repressed for so long, to go down that journey, it's not easy. It's 
not comfortable. Before we even have any intention to do that, and before we even have any awareness that that's something that, that needs to be done or confronted before we make the change, we, we wish to change. You know, we, we don't like the situation that we're in. We're sick of being uh, hurt. We're sick of being in pain. We're sick of being or feeling lost. And, you know, when we find ourselves in that, in that place, once we at least become aware that we wish things to be different, than they, than they are, there's the, we have to become aware that it's within our power and our control to make that change. And then once we become, uh, once we accept that truth, then we can begin to go down that path of recreating our, our, our life, our behaviors in order to get a different, a different result. So I encourage everyone to, if you're finding yourself in that place now, to take a look at uh, a previous episode that we that we posted called "Open Mind," having an open mind. We go into a lot more depth and what that means and what that looks like, and also take into consideration having a full responsibility and belief in your personal power mindset, which is that, yes, we go, you know, we go out into the world every day and we don't have full control over everything that happens to us, but we have full control of how we react to it. We have full control in how we interpret the events, the events that go on in our lives. And if we don't take that, res that responsibility and that power into our own hands, and there's no way we can ever start down the journey to rebuild ourselves or to transform our behaviors or to get anything different than what we're already experiencing. And that's what we, when we find ourselves in that place, that's what we're looking to do. We want things to be different from what they are. And if you don't believe that you have the power to do that, then you have to accept defeat and, and come to terms with the fact that you're going to be stuck in that place forever. Nothing is going to come along and, and miraculously make it different. Most of the times, people don't even know what it is that you, that you even want. And if they did, they don't have the power to, to build it. And I say build it because we all know that, you know, significant change isn't a switch. It's not something that someone could turn on for you if they wanted to. It's something that you have to go within and create for yourself. If you don't have the belief that you have the power to make a difference in your life, then that that new reality is just never going to get built because no one is no one is able to build that for you. And so I encourage everyone to take take a look at those things and to put more thought into the pre-contemplation phase so that we can determine where we're at. And we'll I have an I have a feeling we're going to go into more depth on the stages of change model. So stay tuned for uh, next week, which is the contemplation phase. It's when we become aware of something that may be happening in our life and where we go from there makes all the difference in staying stuck 
in a situation that we don't want to remain stuck in and then actually making lasting change. And I, I say that from experience having changed dramatically most of my life. You know, most of what I've experienced and the, the condition that I was in seven, eight years ago when I started working with Paul has been completely re, remade. You know, I've completely recreated my life. And so I have experience with going through that process and seeing that it is possible. And I can tell you from my own experience, none of that would have been possible if I hadn't adopted and fully been convinced of my personal power to, to, to make that change. Uh, it's it's a, a long road and, and it can be a very challenging road. But like I always say, it's a lot more challenging to stay stuck in that prison that 90% of it we, we had no part in creating. You know, we this, we were impressionable at young ages and and that's just what was done. You know, we were impressed with ideas and other people's belief patterns and, and, and things of that nature. And only we have the power to change that. And if we don't, then we just continue to be like a rag doll or a sponge and just soak up, you know, the mess that's all around us. I, I would say that in order to be a sponge and to not be aware of your personal power and to not take any action towards recreating the things that you feel could be better off in your life if they were different, then, you know, to, to just, if you're going to be a sponge and soak up what's all around you, you have a better chance of hitting the lottery than to only soak up good, positive things because we all know that there's a lot of mess in the world around us. Um, you know, I, I try to avoid making it religious, but if we were to talk about the, to, the road to heaven and the road to hell, I always use that as an example because the road to hell is, is wide. It, most people go down that, that path because it's easy. This is science. You know, the, the path, the easiest path is the one that most people will, will likely take to expect a majority of society to have the willpower and the discipline and the strength and the perseverance to overcome and to continue to seek and build in their lives what they want, that's, that's asking a lot. That is, is clearly the rare uh, person that not only fights but sticks it out and, and uh, succeeds. It's just like if you look at anything in life, you know, actors there's a handful of amazing actors and they're probably the, the smallest percentage of all of the people who either act or, or would like to to be an actor same with music same with sports you know that the pro football players they're the rare uh exception to all people who play football and want to play football this is just I don't want to say science, but it's, it's clear, you know, and everything that we look at around us so that in order to make that kind of change, 
it's it's gonna take it's gonna take work. It's gonna be a challenge and it's gonna be a journey. But I recommend that journey over staying stuck and hopeless. I recommend that journey a thousand times over because being in that place of hopelessness is no place to be. That to me is is not living life. It's just standing by and letting it happen to you. Like I said, if you stand by and let it happen to you, you're gonna you're gonna get hit with more bad than you than you will good because that's just that's just what we're we're faced with. So again I encourage everyone to uh to go back and to look at the open mind uh episode because it's uh, you know a great eye opener into the kind of mindset that you want to have before you even start down this journey of redevelopment. Um, because without an open mind, you're going to face a lot more resistance and struggle than, than you have to, you know, it's, it's like taking a, something that's already a journey and, and making it a, a nightmare, you know? So an open mind is going to not make, not make it, uh, easy it's not going to make it uh it's not going to be a breeze and it's not going to make it happen without any any work or any effort but it's going to make it happen a lot easier it's it's going to allow you to actually get to work because if you're not able to actually get to work then you have to fight through that uh and that can take a long time you know having a closed mind and putting the blame on everything around you can push that lasting change that much farther out into the future and make it less likely to to come about, especially in the time uh, time frame that is, you know, that we would like to, to like to see. You know, we want to make change, and everyone wants it to happen now. That's just uh, unfortunately isn't isn't always the case. But let's let's make it happen sooner than later you know and one way to do that is to adopt an open mind and uh again next week i look forward to going into the contemplation phase and just a brief uh overview of that that stage it's um in the contemplation stage people are intending to start the healthy behavior in the foreseeable future defined as within the next six months People recognize that their behavior may be problematic and a more thoughtful and practical consideration of the pros and cons of changing the behavior takes place. With equal emphasis, um, with equal emphasis placed on both, even with this recognition, people may still be or feel ambivalent towards changing their behavior. Okay, so we're going to go into more depth on this stage of change and what that looks like when you're actually, you know, working through a challenge of your own. Um, Jody, do you uh, have any experience or any examples that you can give with the pre-contemplation stage or how you've experienced it in your own life or with working with others? Yeah, that was really good. Right. Uh, the the pre contemplation 
contemplation phase that you talked about, um, you know, you mentioned being able to recognize the problem. And I think that's the, like the first step to kind of being aware. Otherwise you're stuck in that denial phase. You can't, you don't know what you don't know. Um, you mentioned the stacoma where you can't see the problem. So, you know, once you, once you are able to recognize that you have a problem, then you kind of start to fall into that pre-contemplation phase. And a lot of people just don't have any intention to change. They kind of recognize a problem. They might not know the solution. Um, and I think I've been stuck in a, a bunch of phases like that with, you know, little things like around the house, like organization or uh, stuck in the same job over and over and over um, where you don't really, you're, you kind of have an idea of other options, but you're not really open to them. Um, you mentioned being open-minded, you know, looking for someone to kind of give you some suggestions, kind of help you out, some other options. And I think a lot of times people kind of feel like they're just stuck. Um, they're kind of like a victim of their circumstances and don't really know what to do. They kind of know there's other options out there, but they need someone to kind of help them out, to kind of give them a little boost to be like, hey, what about this? Uh, you know, why can't you do this? And once they kind of get some some other voices in their head to kind of help them out, they tend to recognize and look at the different conditions and they realize that they're just sick and tired of being sick and tired and they want something different. And that's when they have to go out and start making small changes, um, recognize where some of those behaviors, some of those attitudes, some of those thoughts come from and, you know, kind of realize that the only person that's holding them back is themselves. So yeah, I've definitely seen that in uh, different areas and, you know, sometimes people think these small problems aren't really that big of a deal. And, you know, they kind of continue on the same thing. And you mentioned the open-minded episode. And sometimes people aren't really open to change. They, you know, they have that, that fear of change, fear of doing something different, and not really ready to take on that journey. So, and like you said, it, when, when it comes down to it, you know, we have to do it. We can have a mentor and someone that makes suggestions, but ultimately it comes down to us making a decision, um, us confronting the problem and doing something different and get ourselves to be unstuck. So thanks, Ray. Absolutely. Thank you for that response, Jody. Uh, do you want to shed any of your infinite wisdom on the topic for our uh, listeners today? Yeah, th th that was a good presentation you gave tonight, uh, uh, Ray. Um, the uh, pre-contemplation stage, is, it's so tricky because most people, uh, they don't know that they're in that stage in life. And uh, if you bring it to their attention, uh, like you said, they're going to deny it in most cases, especially if they are shut down and don't want even to look at the possibility that that exists. And it's amazing how um, when you start learning these different techniques and these different uh, word associations, 
and about the system, the it factor, um, how you can see so clearly the, the stage that people are in. And uh, I like the uh, little uh, elevator speech that we do, that uh, when you see someone, um, you say something like, uh, there's, if there was a secret within you that could radically change your life, would you be interested in discovering it? I think that that is a very good uh, uh, step to get people just to uh, look at the possibility that uh, that can be a change in their life. And uh, I really enjoyed the uh, talk tonight. It's very inspiring. Thanks, Ray and uh, Jody. It, uh, I like what you said when uh, most times you, when you talk to somebody or you try to uh, even suggest maybe that there's something going on, uh, they, don't, they, they, they deny it you know, and tend to push it away. And I, I thought, uh, you know, a lot of the issues that we experience, they're tied to experiences in our past that weren't pleasant. You know, if they were pleasant and we thought of them fondly, you know, uh, uh, many times we, won't, we wouldn't experience such a negative feeling uh, when bringing it up. And we wouldn't experience such a negative feeling or behavior in our life, you know, currently. So if we're looking or working with someone and we see a behavior that's causing pain or destruction in their life, if that person is unaware and unwilling to look, to look within uh, or just unprepared, because some people can be willing and, uh, just unprepared for the emotions that, that come that, that come with that or not experienced with doing that at all you know we that's what comes with denial and it, it comes with uh, creating a life that is uh, distracting you know we first deny and then we suppress and then we create a life that's very effective at distracting ourselves from ever going back and, and, and uh, addressing those things. So naturally, if you're commenting on anything related to the source of stress in their life or pain or frustration, they're going to feel that the emotions that are attached to the situations that caused it and what people tend to do when they're unprepared and unaware is they attach and this is an epiphany I, I just had when you said that is that they they will attach that feeling to what you're saying and they'll attach it to you uh before they ever can you know trace the origins to something that happened and something that still lives within them so that you know that's something that I have uh, experienced and, you know, even to the extent of some frustration, you know, when you're working with somebody or, you know, a family member, a lot of times you, you just want to help, you know, you see them in a situation that you've gone through and you want to help them through that situation, especially when you can see it so clear. But anything that you can say, unless it's about 
ice cream or going to see a new movie, something completely unrelated. Uh, if it's related whatsoever to, to something that you can see that they're experiencing, or even if they brought it to your attention, hey, you know, I'm going through this with my ex, or, you know, they want to get back with me, and we just had an argument, this, that, and the third. Well, if you're going to suggest anything that may lead to a pattern that you're observing with them, they, they might be going through the same relationship with different people over and over. If you're going to touch on that, unless you're just going to uh, be their cheerleader and, you know, oh, he shouldn't have said that, you should do this and do that, if you're going to go the opposite direction and you're going to talk about the perhaps the fact that they keep finding the same person in different people or the same circumstances in different people, it's going gonna, it's gonna to evoke a lot of emotion, um, negative emotion with perhaps their relationship with their father, you know, and, and what they're seeking in different people. Uh, this same um, um, negative pattern or conditioning, it's going to evoke negative emotion. And before someone is aware of that and has come to terms with that and is able to draw the connection between what they're experiencing and the negative experience that, they, that they've gone through, they're just going to attach that to you first, and they're going to attach that to the, you shouldn't even have said that, you know, or you're just trying to tell me, what, you know, what to do, or trying to, to judge me, so that's something to be aware of on both sides, um, so when somebody is calling to attention something that you may be doing, and it, it, we all know that being, criticism never feels good, you know, I don't think that it ever feels good, even once you, you, um, become accustomed to benefiting from criticism. Because in reality, if you think about it, if, if, if 100 people gave you their two cents about what you're doing and what you should be doing differently, they, we could at least agree that maybe at least 50% of that, there could be something that you could gain from it. Not to say that if you just did what they said, your life would be better, but at least 50%, there's something that you could benefit from because they're giving you their observations, something that they're seeing in you that you might not be seeing in yourself, and then they're giving you their experience, something that you may not have the experience in, at least half of that is going to be something you could at least take something from. And so having that uh, or adopting that mindset that when somebody is bringing something to your attention, there's a chance that the negative feelings that you feel are, it's not, it's not them causing it. And it's something to take into consideration because it can lead to discoveries within yourself that could free you from some bondage that you, you may be trapped in. And also, uh, something, it's something to consider when trying to help somebody with something, because I know personally I've gone through great frustration trying to, and I, I tend to be more of a logical thinker, and that's one of my bigger challenges, you know, um, learning that sometimes people need an emotional response or an emotional connection or just uh, sometimes nothing at all, just to be, to be heard. Um, a lot of times I rush into to break it down, you know, find the patterns, try to offer solutions, 
And uh, what I've, the frustration I've found is, you know, it taken me some time to, to learn that when, the, when that person takes defense and lashes out at you, it's not, uh, it's not uh, intentional. You know, it's because me, I've taken defense in the past, you know, like, oh, I'm only trying to help, you know, and uh, even even when I understand that this may not be the what you want to hear, you know, it may not feel good to hear it, I deep down inside, I know how much it can help. So, you know, my intentions are good. So to get that kind of backlash sometimes, it, you know, it's easy to take it personally, especially when you mean that person no harm. Uh, but it's something to, to take into consideration if that's where you find yourself, too. You know, it could be a dealing with a child that uh, maybe, you know, experiment with drugs or sex or, you know, a, a parent. Uh, well, not, let's not go that far. We know how you can get into trouble <laughs> uh, trying to correct your parents. But, you know, a, a sister or brother that's going through a, an abusive relationship, um, take that into consideration that if you're going to speak on anything related to what you're observing that could be the source of pain in their life, it's going to be connected to trauma, things from the past. Because nine times out of ten, that behavior didn't spring out of nowhere. So if it's a sister that's going through abusive relationships, that didn't just happen overnight and it didn't come from nowhere. So the comment on that is not only going to bring light to maybe a, a, a pattern, a destructive pattern that they're creating in their life, but that it's also going to be tied to all the destructive patterns that created that that habit uh, or that behavior in life, and that you you got to be prepared to con- to uh, not confront, but to deal with that and to understand that uh, and to deal with it in a healthy way. Because it doesn't help whenever you yourself take defense uh, when the person is just reacting emotionally, you know, and, and irrationally in that situation. So, some of this I'm just giving myself advice here, and that uh, something that others could uh, take for you know and, and, and make it your own. But um, aside from that, yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, you guys' responses and. And um, is there anyone else on the call tonight that would like to add anything or express anything? All right. I thank everyone for uh, listening in on this episode of uh, Discover It, Your Invisible Power Within. Um, This was uh, uh, a call on pre-contemplation. Next week, we will be going into the contemplation phase in the uh, stages of change model. Feel free to call in. As always, the number to call in to the conference call is 515-604-9530. Again, that's 515-604-9530. You'll need an access code, and that code is 655-145. Again, call that number. Dial the access code 655-145, and that'll put you right into the call. Um, Just like we just uh, opened up the call here for uh, anyone to add, you're more than welcome at a time uh, next week 
if there's anything you want to share, uh, be it just your experience or even ask a question about something else, something you might have heard on a, a previous call. Because believe it or not, that stuff helps, you know, uh, listeners out there. It might be something that you share that, that you know, sparks that change, you know, in someone else's life. So feel free. Um, and as always, thanks for uh, listening and we'll see you next week.